0: It's Monday, the 28th of March, 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. My guest this week is Mohamed Amin uh, Kizilkaya, sociologist and project manager with the City of Reykjavik Human Rights and Democracy Office, as well as one of Iceland's best known storm chasers. Welcome to you. Thank you. Uh, in the in the news this week we learned that the state sold 22.5% of Iceland's banki for around 53 billion kronur meaning we taxpayers are no longer majority owners of the bank. The sales process and price raised questions among opposition MPs, but the finance minister and others say it was above all, all above board and that it will aim to attract good long-term investors over those looking just to make a quick buck. Covid has taken another step down the agenda, with the closure of the last quarantine hotel and loved ones now allowed to visit inpatients at Lanspitali National University Hospital again. While the number of deaths has been highest of all during the first three months of this year, the proportion of people infected who die has gone down drastically. And the Omicron wave is well past its peak, according to the data at least. Three political parties have put a proposal to Althingi calling for a national referendum on European Union accession talks that were started by a parliamentary vote in 2009, but stopped without a vote by the government of the day in 2014. None of the current coalition parties support the referendum openly, but all espouse the importance of the European cooperation. Everyone covered by the Leafs Kiara good or the quality of life contract gets a small pay rise from April due to a clause in the 2019 collective bargaining agreement for some raises to be connected to economic growth, which was strong last year, despite not making up all the ground lost in 2020 due to the pandemic. There have never been more domestic violence cases reported than in the past two years, something the state police chief actually welcomes because the spotlight was deliberately shone on the issue during early pandemic restrictions when it was feared that the number of reports would go down with so many adults and children staying at home and reduced interaction between households. In the end, the number of child abuse notifications from friends, neighbours and relatives actually went up. A new report discussed by the Reykjavik Welfare Council last week set out clearly on paper the extent to which students whose native language is not Icelandic are outperformed on average in an academic setting by their peers with a fully Icelandic background. The new head of the Teachers Association says there are many elements to the problem and that it will take more than just extra money to fix it. But fix it we must. And finally, on the subject of funding, the government has set aside three billion kroner over three years to improve facilities at tourism and heritage sites all over Iceland. So, where would you like to begin?
1: It was a long intro today. Yeah, it was a very nice and beautiful <laughs> intro. <laughs> I think it'll be very interesting to talk about um, the the domestic violence that happens, uh, not only in Iceland, but all around the world due to uh, well the increased uh, rate of domestic violence the, um, as a function of, 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 of the COVID that has been here for, for a pretty long time. Um, I am a sociologist and we are... Well, researching a lot about causalities like what is it that causes something from something else and there is a very very significant and clear um um, uh what do you call it um evidence that shows that 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 there has been an increase of domestic violence here in iceland um during the covid Mm. and one of the reasons that this happens is that um, uh, besides the the rate of unemployment and the stress that individuals are affected by, um, these kind of um, external st- uh, factors that 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 affect the individual's um, stress behavior um, is something that 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 can only be exaggerated within um, the 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 um, the within the the house. And when individuals are isolated with each other for a longer period of time, um, beside beside a drastic uh, societal change that happens, um, this increase um, the 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 the, the, uh, um, the possibility of of of
0: stress being exaggerated on each other. Um, so. Um, no, I imagine, sorry to interrupt, I imagine most households went through a stress period because of COVID. It was Absolutely. a sad, stressful, concerning time and people, as you say, being forced to spend days on end together where they would usually go out every day for work and things. Um, but that doesn't, obviously, these stress situations in most households didn't result in abuse and violence. Um and yet in some it did. Maybe that's a problem that was underlying beforehand. I mean, it could be beforehand. Um, we, we we
1: are in in the Western society, or just in the many societies around the world, in the globalised uh, village that we are living in, there's a very high expectation of of getting out of the house, uh, working 10 hours, 8 hours a day, trying to reach the different expectations that society is giving you, having a... A, a very um, successful life, um, having good salary. At least that is what we, what we often tell ourselves here in the West, that this is something that we must do. We must get married, have children, you know, uh, trying to reach for a career. And all of a sudden, uh, when when these kind of expectations are not let, and um, if you cannot reach the expectation of something, a drastic change like COVID happens, which changes the society immediately, um, people are stuck. I mean Robert Merton, which is one of the leading sociologists, um, he's explaining the term of, of enemy. And, and when people cannot reach the expectation that the society indirectly um, is giving you um, through the goals of schooling, education, job, money, career, family, um, then the individual from a micro perspective is constantly affected by stress. And when you isolate in a house and you're stressed and you you have um, you know bad mood constantly because of this um, uncertain situation that you are in mm-hmm. and not seeing where which goal you should you should direct yourself to, then there's no one else than your partner and your children and then you you begin coming out with those negative feelings, which
0: can unfortunately lead to um, domestic violence and what's not. Um, what do you make of the idea that there is some positive in this the fact that more people are perhaps reporting it and certainly in the fact that the number of reports didn't go down during this period when everyone was so locked indoors it could have, it could so easily have been more hidden right um when when it comes to, the, to to the positive outcome of covid we are always
1: talking about the negative outcome of covid and 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 how how, how badly it has shaped our society but but looking from the bright side and yeah, i would say um and this is not based on, on any empirical studies, but it's something that I would I would observe from my uh, sociological optics, um, we begin appreciating more about the life they once had. I mean, <laughs> appreci- appreciating um, um, the, the small details of, of simply getting into a restaurant and being able to eat with your relatives. I mean, I got engaged during the COVID and... And I and my 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 now wife, uh, we would be sitting um, on a bench uh, in, in front of a building. All the restaurants are closed and so on. We would still try to enjoy our time. I mean, we were not able to go out or anything, you know, eating in restaurants like everybody else do when they're engaged, you know, having this romantic um, time in a the theatre or what's not. You really begin missing those small details that you would take for granted before the COVID. So I would say... Um, from my own upt- uptick, or at least that's my personal opinion, um, and that's not something I should do as a sociologist, but I would like to allow myself to do it now. I would say we begin appreciating more our life that you know the small details that we had before COVID, and we begin you know, reflecting. We began reflecting a lot during COVID, and looking back to the beautiful um, you know moments that we had um, before everything was
0: chained and locked. Mm. Do you think that's an effect that is going to continue long term? I think people are still very much feeling it right now, right uh, this, this pleasure at having life back again.
1: I mean sometimes I wish that a human being had a brain that would never forget. Mm-hmm. We already begin forgetting about COVID, yeah and we are we are rushing into this this, this very busy life and, and again, um, you know, we forget, unfortunately. It's, it's unfortunate on one side that we should be not stuck in the past too much but we forget and and this materialistic life and the expectations of society comes back again and now we're trying to rush back to work and so on I had a talk with a friend of mine who was working with people uh, with mental illness and there is a now a huge increase of, of of numbers of people reporting depression because they have hard time standing up again mm. um, so uh, you know I really, Try to uh, inspire, inspire those people around me and say, not only focus on the negative tend and outcome of the COVID. Yes, it is an unfortunate me. I have been, I've lost people that I know from COVID, in Denmark at least, and it is very unfortunate. But we also have to try to look at the at the brighter side and see what have we learned. What should we appreciate more? why we should be thankful for those things we had, because everything can be taken away from us. And COVID is just one situation. It could be also a nature disaster or anything else that that can stop our daily life. And that's when we begin appreciating our past.
0: Or a war, as we're seeing now as well. Right. Very much. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else to add on that, or should we move to a different topic? Yeah, we can just move to an end in your topic. Okay. It does seem that we've got a few topics on here that are kind of vaguely linked this week anyway, uh, On a, certainly on a soci- sociological level, which is a nice coincidence that you're here. Because um, I know, you, for example, you wanted to talk about the education story, um, which is, yeah, it's linked. Not directly, perhaps. Absolutely.
1: I mean, one thing I really would like to include, which is li- which is linked to the to, to this week' news in Iceland, is um, um, the lack of material that that uh, uh, that immigrant uh, students are having when they are in in the um, secondary schools or in universities. Um, I um, been active uh, in the University of Iceland in in, in politics um, back in from two thousand sixteen and two thousand nineteen. Uh, yeah, I was. 2020, I think, or was it 19? I don't uh, remember exactly. Before pandemic or during pandemic? Before the pandemic, Yeah, so 19 years. <laughs> yes. um, and one of the issues that I was trying to promote was giving more access for material to to immigrant students. Mm. I mean, I I, I once recall a a story where uh, where a student would have a exam and was as, asking for an English translation, and the student got a Google translation. Um it was a, a exam that the student was taking in one of the faculties. And we all know how Google Translation works. It basically translates every single word directly without considering any kind of grammatical mistakes or failures. So the student would say that that which was it was a it was a, a political or it was a, a a test within the political social science. or what's it, what's it called? Um uh, uh, there must be po- political sciences. political science right yeah. and the one of the question was um if I remember it correctly um the student said um what is the the what is the green party of Iceland said to this, the son of the beer Because Bjartson, mm-hmm. was like you know <laughs> right and and it was a huge scandal and and I took it up to the student council and I said, you know we have so many you know uh, students from abroad who are right now performing worse than I stand students, and that is mainly due to the lack of material that I stand that, that, that students abroad are having. and We should really try to um, uh, reevaluate the fact that we are living in a global society. Uh, we cannot, even if Iceland will be an island thousands of kilometres away from the closest country, uh, from closest land, um, it is impossible to stop um, uh, migration waves due to the globalised society we're living, the social media, and we will have an increased number of immigrant students here in this country.
0: That's why that, we why should... that's something that the, the authorities have, broadly speaking, accepted and even embraced, and everyone seems to be on the same page that we need to do better. Right. But this is a conversation that's been going on for years. For years.
1: Yeah. And it's it, it's ongoing and I, I, the changes are going so slow. I mean, I mean, uh, I I keep, and I'm also having, I'm I'm admin of uh, international students of the University of Iceland. like a group for international students at the University of Iceland. I keep getting people contacting me directly or posting on the group saying, we don't know where we are. I mean, we don't know what kind of directions that we should take. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know what kind Mm -hmm. of rights that we have as as students who don't speak Icelandic. And simply just translating the the, the, uh, posts that are given by University of Iceland English, that itself is is a huge, huge thing. But the problem is that there's a lot of different de- departments, not not departments, but well, well, like you know, student associations and what's not that just recently began translating their posts and and you know writings on on on, 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 on mail and on their Facebook groups. So we really need to act faster because migration waves is something that ha- has happened. Throughout hundreds and thousands of years, we see migration waves constantly happening. But the global society is um, um, having a very strong effect on, on increased migration, not only in Iceland, but also within other countries in the West and outside the West.
0: Mm. Now, what you're talking mainly about there is about how to help students perform well when they don't know Icelandic, when they're still learning Icelandic. Uh, the other side of it, how, how, are, how are we performing in teaching students Icelandic so that they don't need these translations? Is that going well in your understanding of things? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not
1: very... I know, since I've been a teacher in one of the... Uh, I was a teacher... Uh, well, it was I was like an assistant, uh, a part-time teacher in one of the schools here in Iceland. And I do see that the teachers are working very hard to try to include um, the immigrant students... Um, but it is a very difficult topic. I mean, what sh- what shall be done? And I think one of the one of the main thing is to try as much as possible to emphasize on social inclusion, trying to let those uh, uh, students of other ethnic background be with the Icelandic students. This is not a topic of assimilation. I'm assimil- as assimilization is something that has shown to have a very, very bad effect on, on immigrants. We are not trying to assimilate people. And I want to underline this. Assimilating is a strong discrimination of not respecting the, per, the other person's culture. This is about integration. This is about trying to help those students and the parents to be a part of the solidarity of the, of society. This is not about, you know, Try to make them live the Icelandic lifestyle. That is to assimilate, but we have to find a way to find some, you know, make some mentorship, free time, um, letting uh, uh, you know foreign students having responsibilities of organizing things in schools, and not only see them as non-Icelandic students or non-Icelandic speaking students. So one suggestion that I could give is trying to. Um, uh, what do you call it, uh, implement and establish uh, social activities that that involve uh, social interaction between Icelandic and non-Icelandic students. That could be organizing sport events, mm-hmm. that could be having music bands and so on, in which it should not only be based on teaching the, the, the immigrant students in Icelandic, but letting them be a part of the society, giving them the responsibilities, you know, giving the positive feedback like you are as as anybody else and so social inclusion is the most important tool in this process of letting them be a part of the society
0: and so the focal point of that is clearly the education system for the students but it extends to all areas of society really and, absolutely and all parts of daily life absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. so not a simple thing in conclusion, uh, no. If, if it
1: was so simple, then we, it, it will be succeeded in, in the vast majority of the European countries. But we do still see that that uh, um, parallel societies are developing um, because of the um, lack of experience of how to deal with with immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been past mistakes in Denmark, Sweden, Norway, in which immigrants are. Um, put into the lower, uh, you know, uh, lower social class areas, big buildings, tall buildings that now have have merged into ghettos. Um, And fortunately with Iceland, what I really like about this country is that we don't have much, you know, about, you know, this is the lower social class, this is the higher social class, you know, you would see the higher social class mixed with the lower social class, you would see the tall buildings and in front of the tall buildings with small apartments, we have those very beautiful villas and Mm. so on. So I like that, that we don't have this kind of tendency Mm. here. But the reason why we don't have it is because Iceland didn't live the history that Denmark has lived, for example, back in the 70s, where they were inviting a lot of foreign workers At the same time, expecting them to travel back to the country. That's why they put them all into those very tall buildings and cheap cheap, uh, rent um, uh, apartments. Um, But so... in these matters, Iceland is is, is is a little bit outside the box compared to what what uh, the vast
0: majority of European countries have experienced. Which puts it in a position of being able to learn from others' mistakes and Absolutely. do it better.
1: Absolutely. And that that is what I feel that we are doing now. At least what I what I experience with, with the municipalities is that we are trying to learn from the history. What is it that is important? Social scientists are constantly coming up with different, different theories. What should we do to help? What should we do to allow um, immigrants um, outside the Western society to to be integrated mm-hmm. in the society you know, in, in the arriving Western society
0: and of course immigrant students from within Western society as well I mean the biggest group being Polish people for example and that that group in in Iceland is, is big enough that they have built up their own communities and got Exactly, their own, yeah yeah which is important to not allow or force, to be separate,
1: mm-hmm. as well as yeah. And what I'm always trying—just uh, a side note—what I'm always trying to encourage uh, Icelandic as well as Danish parents is that, please, let your children play with the immigrant kids. Give them a chance. I mean, a lot. I know immigrant kids who, because I'm doing mentorship uh, once in a week, um, they still don't speak Icelandic. I'm asking them, "Have you visited any Icelandic houses before?" They say, "No, we haven't." And I'm so I'm wondering, you know why couldn't we just from from our own perspective try to make the ch- change um you know invite the immigrant kids if you if you know as a parent if you know that my son or my daughter has a classmate who doesn't speak our well language who just arrived to the country i as a parent should say to tell myself you know what let me try to encourage my child to play with her or him to have some free time with her or him and inviting the, the the newly arrived student to our house and you know make them feel comfortable and make them happy. I mean I have speaking with, with foreign students who just arrived in in Iceland, tenth uh, grade ninth grade students and they are isolated in the room to say Muhammad. We don't know what to do. We just alone. Mm-hmm. So change starts from own perspective. You want to change the world? It is how you make it to be. Really, it is how you make it to be. So, we should try and change this society into a positive aspect by starting by with ourselves. Michael Jackson said, Oh, it's not Michael Jackson. It was Bob Marley, uh, you know, looking at the mirror. Mm-hmm.
0: That was Michael Jackson. Wasn't was it? it Michael Jackson? Yeah. Oh, my God. I need a cup of
1: coffee. <laughs>
0: Talking to the man in the mirror.
1: <laughs> Talking to the man in the mirror.
0: Yeah. On that note, I think we should move on to a final topic because uh, we are running out of time. Surprisingly, <laughs> I told you it would go quickly. Um, <laughs> What else stood out? There's the um, the bank thing, which is very different. Uh, we've covered COVID a little bit, anyway. Um, uh, tourism funding. Anything else? Yeah. What, what? Anything else stood out to you? I mean, uh,
1: I am not sure if uh, i To be honest, I've not been putting much my head into the to the other topics that much. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. On. The, I mean. So you ha- you haven't got strong opinions about the banking sector. Though. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um. There is the European Union accession talks news. Uh. From Parliament. Um. The pay rise. Did we mention that? That everyone's getting. I think that was potentially an interesting one. Um. Certainly one that affects a lot of people because, you know, everyone likes to get a bit more money. Yeah, absolutely. Especially at a time like now when (laughs) prices are going up so quickly. Right. Um, I don't think this small pay rise on the 1st of April, which we will notice on the 1st of May, because it's paid out a month later, it probably won't cover the cost that we're paying in extra uh, fuel in our cars and extra costs in the supermarket that are going up and up. Um, But I, I guess it's something at least
1: absolutely I mean I'm already planning my uh, uh, to change my my tires as soon as possible I get my salary I've been looking at the um, the fuel consumption I just found myself some really good summer tires that I'm gonna change but but you know the consumer price have been ri- rising um drastically but I've been talking to relatives in Denmark and 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 they don't have such of you know that we have here the the um the salary salary race. Um, they had the consumer price in, well, the, uh, the, the, fo- the, the price of food and, you know, uh, other products that are, that are imported from other countries in Denmark has been drastically, you know, increased. Mm. So I think we are very comfortable here in Little Iceland. I mean, the the fuel price here in Iceland, I think, uh, saw a 12% increase, whereas in Denmark is around 25% increase. In Turkey is up to a 95% increase of price. Wow. So um, I think we should be very, uh, you know, thankful. Not only do we get higher salary, but really the 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 um the event, the unfortunate event that happens right now in 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 the eastern part of Europe, um, is not affecting us as much as we think. Okay, it's an interesting perspective. And I'm been wondering why I'm not an expert in in within export and import, but I do think I do think, and there might be some experts out there who are listening to me right now is like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But, but it might be because when we are importing things, we are importing them in large numbers. When it comes to fuel, for example, we, when we are importing things into here, we are importing in large numbers because there is no direct, um, you know, connection, um, since since there's a huge, vast ocean, Atlantic Ocean, that could that separate Iceland with, with European countries. But that's
0: just my very humble, I might be wrong. So instead of going and ordering a van full of certain good from a neighbouring country that's then driven over, you have to get a whole shipping container full. A whole shipping thing.
1: Yes. Okay. Might be the reason, I don't know. But mm. I think we should be very thankful in, in little Iceland here, the pay raise and not, not as high... Um, price increase, as you thought. Of course, it would be good to lower the price of of, of, of houses and, and renting, but I know that's something that the government's working on right now. But yeah, I'm already planning what to do with my extra <laughs> income, <laughs> my humble little income.
0: Certain countries, uh, Sweden included, I don't, I'm not sure about Denmark, but I don't think so, but certainly including Sweden, have temporarily cut tax on fuel to respond to this huge increase right. in prices that is happening um, because whether it's bigger or smaller than other countries you know going from 270 krona per litre to 302 is in, in the space of a couple of weeks it's a big difference absolutely um, especially if you're one of these people that drives a big car which there are disproportionately a lot of in Iceland we have to admit um, and the long term effects of that maybe will be good who knows but for the short term it is it is hitting people's pockets Um do you have an opinion on that? Should the government be saying, "Well, we we'll just cut five kroner off the cost of the tax"? I think it's very complicated. It's I mean, very complicated. It's
1: very complicated. Mm. I mean, I, I, I was just talking to a friend of mine, and, and we just we said, "Yay, 2022! We just went out of COVID, and now this happens." And and going back to the, you know, the 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 um, the heavy load and burden that some people have right now. I mean. I'm, for very comfortable now. I mean, I'm, I'm, but there's a lot of people out there who are actually really feeling this, this uh, price increase, mm-hmm. or oh, how to change it. I think it's a very difficult topic because we already are trying to recover, recover from COVID. The inflation is pretty high in the country at the moment, um, and and this 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 unfortunate situation comes in the worst time possible, and. Simply increasing the the, the tax rate or uh, 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 trying to put it down a little bit—it's—it's not—it's not something. It's something that they're going to affect all the institutions of society because the institutions of society—they work as organs. Mm. We have the whole body of the society, and every institu- institution are somehow interdependent on each other. And simply maybe just increasing the tax rate of one percent, or, or decreasing the tax rate of one percent, might be good for for. Some individuals, but for people who are working in institutions that are governmentally owned or private institutions, these small numbers have a very strong effect on these institutions. So it's very complicated.
0: Yeah. And the government purse, if you will, is already, um, you know, indebted at the moment because of the last two years that we've had through COVID. So, yeah, they want to not be cutting their income any further, I guess. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, we're out of time. All right. It was nice to talk to you. (laughs) Likewise. The Week in Iceland will be back with you next Monday, the 4th of April on ruvis forward slash English, English on Facebook through the Ruv app and your preferred podcast platform. That just leaves me to thank my guest today, Mohamed Amin Kizilkaya. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also Lydia Greta-Stuttit for running the studio. We finished today's programme with a song enjoying widespread airtime right now. This is Lone featuring Raquel and the song is called Runaway. Tired street lights
1: trying to pull away from the ground, waiting in line to kill the time. Warren town store friends, no one's put the flag up for years. I don't know why, but no one seems to care. Don't have to hide, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Leaving it all to the side of me, the side of me that knows the way. I don't want to hide, but I have
0: to leave. I have to.